The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, what's happening? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Back from a long weekend, an eventful weekend. I'm going to tell you a lot about that today. It's going to be part of the show. How y'all doing? Welcome to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. Also, you can hit us up on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget the podcast. We'll download this show today after 2 p.m. I hope everything's been going okay with you guys. A lot of stuff that's been happening. We'll get into that today. Of course, on the agenda today, it is Emmett Till's birthday, so shout out to him. He would have been 80 years old today, and I'm going to give you some quick updates about that and where we stand on that. It's interesting. As I told you, I'm going to tell you about the great weekend I had up until I had to fly home. Uh, on Southwest Airlines and the nightmare that took place in the St. Louis airport. Uh, you got to hear this. I, I'm going to tell you. Uh, shout out to Bruce's Beach. We'll cover that a little bit and let you know what has happened there. If you don't know what Bruce's Beach is, you're going to learn today. Okay. Also, if we get a chance, I don't know how far I'm going to put this up on the agenda. Uh, we might talk a little bit about uh, T.D. Jakes and his comments as it relates to what we're raising. And why are women mad about this? And will they abandon T.D. Jakes? And I'm going to tell you, I'm not a T.D. Jakes fan. I'm not, I'm not a fan of any of these, um, uh, what do they call it, Prosper- prosperity preachers. So, uh, but it is interesting. And it's fascinating that women don't want to hear this. Okay? And I see it up close and personal with what I do for a living every day. Also, the Malcolm X accused is suing for $40 million. In other words, the person that was accused of killing Malcolm X didn't kill Malcolm X. He's now suing for $40 million uh, as well. The Black News Network is now owned by a black man. Hurrah. We'll talk about that as well. And another interesting story that came across my desk was about the Central Park Six. Yeah. What did you say? I know what you just said. You said, wait a minute, David. See, you think you always know what's going on. It was the Central Park Five. Was it? Interesting thing, and I'm telling you, I'm just learning about this last week myself. So I I have to bring it to the show. So as you can see, 
Man, man, we got a whole rick of stuff to talk about today. So I hope you'll stick and stay. Please, please don't go away. But in the meantime, you know what we got to do, right? You know it. Black facts, baby. Dynamic black facts. Our culture, our history, our people. Remembering the lynching of two black men and their pregnant wives in Georgia in 1946. This is one of the most heartbreaking and upsetting narratives of lynchings in American history that we've had had to report during our time as a platform. This platform being Liberty Riders of Africa. This is a harrowing description of how four African American sharecroppers were killed on July 25th. 1946, near Moores Ford in Northeast Georgia. The event is now known as America's last mass lynching. The murderers of George Dorsey, May Murray Dorsey, Roger Malcolm, and Dorothy Malcolm were never apprehended. The event's violence and public uproar mirrored the expanding African-American challenges to Jim Crow in the post-World War II era, as well as local and federal authorities' failures to address racial inequity and violence in the South. A fight between Roger Malcolm and his wife Dorothy precipitated the issue in Walton County about 60 miles west of Atlanta in mid-July in 1946. Local authorities detained Malcolm on July 14 after he stabbed white overseer Barnett Hester, who had intervened in the domestic conflict. Dorothy Malcolm and Hester may have had a sexual relationship. J. Loy Harrison, a white farmer, drove Dorothy Malcolm and fellow sharecroppers, George and May Murray Dorsey, to the Monroe County, Georgia jail to bail out Roger Malcolm on July 25th, 11 days after the incident. A big white mob halted Harrison and the two couples on their way near the Moores Ford Bridge on the Appalachian River. What happened next sparked heated dispute among Harrison and other witnesses. Loy Harrison, like many others who congregated at Moore's Ford Bridge, was said to be a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Finally, the sharecroppers were beaten, being tied to a tree and shot to death. Dorothy Malcolm was seven months pregnant with George Dorsey, a World War II veteran returned from combat in the specific. The attacks, public nature, drew national media attention. In Georgia, lame duck Governor Ellis Arnell, who had recently been defeated, 
In a bid for a second term in 1946 Democratic gubernatorial primary race during, due to his limited support for African-American voting rights, urged the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to assist local authorities to hunt for the killers. Leaders of the National Association of the, of the Advancement of Colored People raised public awareness of the crime in order to compel the federal government to take action. Finally, the United States President Harry Truman announced a $12,500 prize for information and, auth and authorized the FBI to investigate the matter. The Moore's Ford lynching influenced Truman's decision to form the President's Committee on Civil Rights and integrate the military in 1948. Despite these actions, no one was prosecuted for the crime perpetrated at Moore's Ford, despite the fact that at least 55 people were claimed to have participated in the mob action. FBI investigators retrieved shell casings and bullets from the tree where the Ford sharecroppers were executed and discovered no witnesses willing to testify as the identities of the defenders, of the offenders. Walton County held a grand jury hearing to hear evidence about the crime, but no indictments were issued. The NAACP used the case to promote an anti-lynching bill in Congress, frustrated with the lack of justice and other reports of violence against servicemen returning from World War II. But membership in the NAACP chapters across the South dropped in the 1940s out of fear of retribu retribution from the KKK and white mobs as well as the state's white power structure. Renewed interest in Georgia's civil rights battle in the late 20th century drew attention to the Moore's Ford lynching. Bobby Howard, a civil rights leader, collaborated with the NAACP in the 1960s to retrieve efforts for justice in the case. In 2004, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations and the FBI returned to the case, questioning numerous now elderly witnesses and conducting more forensic investigations. These investigations have mostly been stymied because witnesses have remained silent regarding the Moore's Ford occurrences. Although no convictions have been obtained as a result of the investigations, continued local efforts keep the Moore's Ford lynchings in the public eye. In 1997, an interracial group of Walton County residents formed the Moore's Ford Memorial Committee to build a historical marker at the bridge site. Since 2005, public reenactments of the lynchings have become an annual ritual in the region. When we hear about these atrocities against our people, the world wants us to forget and move on. The same world hasn't stopped sobbing about the Jew Jewish Holocaust. They want to remember Hitler's genocide, but they won't let us recall the African Holocaust, which is still going on. We disclose these atrocities 
so that our people will regard our ancestors' memories with more respect, knowing full well what they went through to maintain our bloodline, our heritage. Fathers and mothers should teach this to their children so that they understand what happened to their forefathers and can recognize such behavior in today's world. Our forefathers paid an ultimate price for our freedom. All they ask is that you remember and share their stories with those around you. We will triumph. And that's our black fact for today. To Black Focus Radio for more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people on joinetradio.com. And if you would like to sponsor Dynamic Black Facts, give me a call at 615-554-0568 and we'll hook you up with a nice advertising package uh, and sponsor that particular fact or facts every day, as a matter of fact. So, wow. What a great black fact. What a sad black fact. It goes back to what we talk about all the time is why we deserve reparations. Many of these crimes have not even been properly investigated, let alone gotten convictions. That's why we deserve black facts. I talked to you earlier in the show, in the intro, about it being Emmett Till's birthday, July 25th. 1941. You know, we talked a lot about Emmett Till the other day on the show and how this new warrant has been revealed and, of course, the memoirs by Catherine Dunham Bryant. And, uh, or is it Catherine Bryant Dunham? I, I really don't care to get her name right, to be totally honest. But it stands to reason that Emmett Till would have been 80 to 80 years old today had he lived. Or, uh, you know, well, we don't know if he would have lived to be 80, but you know what I'm saying. The sad thing about it, his life was cut short at 14 years old. And there's so much controversy. And now that Dunham has, the, the memoirs of Catherine Dunham has been released. Uh, it has been, uh, am I saying Catherine? It's actually Carolyn Dunham, I'm sorry. Um now that those memoirs, I don't know why I keep calling her Catherine. I think I was doing that last week as well. Um, now that the memoirs has been released, she's trying to paint herself as some type of victim, which she's nowhere near that. And uh, there's a reason why this this arrest warrant was issued for her at uh, for kidnapping. And the bottom line is, why hasn't it been executed? And uh, I asked the question last week as well is that according to her memoir, she said she did an interview 
with the FBI and the FBI questioned her relating to the quote unquote warrant. So, and that this, um, this, these memoirs were uh, from what the dates are. And according to the reports were released back, were at least done back in 2008. So the FBI questioned her and asked her, did she know that there was a warrant issued for her arrest? And she said she did not. So apparently, and that's the question, and I watched a piece over the weekend. Apparently, she didn't know about this warrant, but the FBI did. And if the FBI knew about the warrant, why didn't they execute said warrant? That's really the question I have. Now, again, we cannot believe Catherine Dunham by any stretch of the imagination, but is there any, any validity to that? Because if, in fact, she did know, she, the FBI did know about the warrant, we all have to ask the question, why didn't they, exec, why didn't they execute the warrant? That's, that's a primary question to me. But again, many of you all don't know about COINTELPRO. You all, you don't know about the, count, uh, uh, the counterintelligence agency that was put forth to destroy the black movement for equal rights. You see, even with that, every aspect of the struggle, you can point to why reparations are required. Not ask for, but why they are required. Because this government systematically went after black people and tried to destroy their movement for equal rights, for equality. So it's an interesting conversation. It really is. And I don't think it's going to go away. And the brother Beauchamp, there's supposed to be a documentary that's coming out called Teal. Uh, I'm going to reach out to them because I believe that I am um, friends with either a relative uh, on Facebook. As a matter of fact, let me just look this up. I'm going to do this right now. Okay, I'm gonna do it right now. Okay, because I th I'm gonna and what I'm tr what I'm saying is I'm gonna try and uh, get them on the air. That that's what I'm saying. Okay, so I just want you all to be aware of that because um, we like to try to bring you breaking news, and um, this is an opportunity for us to see what type of. Um, contacts we can make and bring you some news about what's going on uh, in the world, so to speak. And I think I'm probably, yeah. Yeah, Keith Beauchamp, I'm wondering. Um, all right, we're going to reach out to him and see if we can get him on the air and talk about this issue as it relates to the Teal family. Because we can't let this die. Can't let this die. In fact, I'm sorry. I should do this. Uh, I should do this um, off air to talk. But I got to send him a sec. Okay. All right. So we got that taken care of. All right. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Because when I come back, I want to 
talk a little bit about my nightmare, my great trip to see Anita Baker. Fantastic. And also, but the, the crux of the story is going to be what happened in St. Louis. Unbelievable. Un <laughs> Unbelievable. You will never believe this. I felt like Macaulay Culkin. I was lost in the airport. Oh, you're going to see my face. We'll talk about all of that and more. It's called Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. On joinedradio.com. So good to be back home. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. Dynamic Dave for joinedradio.com. I'm inviting all small businesses to contact me at 855-525-5683 and let Joinet Radio set up an advertising package specifically designed with your business in mind. This is a great opportunity for small businesses to get your products on the air. Do you want to get the word out about a new business? Joinet Radio is for you. Do you want to advertise your event or social gathering join at radio is for you do you preach or teach do it right here on joinatradio.com call me dynamic dave at 855-525-5683 or go to joinatradio.com and review our great lineup of shows let's help each other and let's get your products in the hands of consumers across the country call me dynamic dave at joinatradio.com at 855-525-5683 i'll talk to you soon the UAMS Mid-South Black Expo presented by the Arkansas Minority Health, Simmons Bank, the Foundation of Social Impact, Ortho Rehab, and the Timmons Arts Foundation is back with over 100 booths of black excellence and plenty of fun and excitement for everyone. Saturday, July 30th, 9 to 4 p.m. at the venue at Westwood, 7318 Westwood Drive in North Little Rock. The Minority Health van will be on site providing health screenings. Special guest on the Simmons 
Women's Entertainment Stage, the St. Mark's Choir, Rodney Block, Tawana Campbell, Nikki Parrish, Cordo Mamalu's Fashion Show on the Think Social Impact Speaker Stage, Get Entrepreneurial Tips, Doctor's Advice, and so much more. Booths are still available. Get info at MidSouthBlackExpo.com or call BK Simmons at 501-547-5340. That's 501-547-5340. JoinEdRadio.com is a proud media partner for this event. We'll see you there. All right, welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you'd like to join the show. A lot of stuff to talk about. You know, I often tell you guys that when you do a talk show, a lot of your show is tied up into your personal life. A lot of stuff that we talk about. And, you know, early on when I got in this business, my kids would tell me, Dad, don't talk about that on the show. Uh, those are common stories by most people. We have well-rounded talk shows. We talk about a lot of different things, friends, families, politics, and things of that nature. So this segment, I want to tell you about the trip that I took this weekend. Okay, not to be indulgent, but um, there is a method to my madness. So a couple of weeks, well, it's been about a month ago, uh, well, it's been longer than that. Uh, it was back in the early spring that news broke that Anita Baker was going to have some shows in Las Vegas. And me being a huge Anita Baker fan, uh, I've had the honor and pleasure of seeing her once before in concert. Uh, I wanted to go see her in Vegas. This was the first time she had toured in quite a bit of time. And apparently... I wasn't the only one who wanted to see Anita Baker because her shows sold out, let's say, jack quick, okay? My daughter was the one who alerted me about the shows. So she was trying to get tickets. She wasn't able to get tickets. We were frustrated. Now, we probably could have went to Vegas and still gotten tickets, but that's neither here nor there. So news broke that Anita was going to do a concert at the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. And my daughter, uh, unbeknownst to me, bought tickets to go to the show. She, as soon as she heard about it, she jumped online and she bought tickets. She bought four tickets. Uh, two of the tickets were for she and I and two other people. Uh, subsequently, those two other people couldn't go. She ended up selling those tickets for a boatload of money, but that's not the end of that. So we booked a flight, and we ended up going to Detroit this past weekend. We flew out Thursday, had a great, got to Detroit. First time I had ever been to Detroit, and we had an Airbnb, which I'm going to tell you, folks, when you travel, y'all need to, y'all need to forget this hotel stuff, man. Uh, these Airbnbs, you get some great places, some great setups, some great privacy as well. And we had a great Airbnb down on the river, uh, the, the Detroit River, right across from Canada. 
you could, and unfortunately, I didn't have my passport because it hadn't got here yet, but I'm going to get one. We could have went over into Canada, but we were not able to. But you could, I sat on the river Thursday night, and they had an Afrobeats concert at the Aretha Franklin Amphitheater right next to me. <laughs> it was, it was a, let me just say, it was a crazy night, man. By the way, I don't care what y'all say, Detroit got some beautiful black women. I'm going to tell you, I got to see a whole lot of sisters that night going to that Afrobeats concert. And that they need to make a concert. But anyway, I'm sorry, I, I'm reminiscing. So, we stayed at an Airbnb. Had some great food, had some great sushi. You can go out on my, my Facebook page and look at some of those pictures as well. Uh, and I'm going to post a montage uh, a little later, probably tonight, once I pull them out of my camera. So you can see all those great pictures and stuff like that. Uh, I really enjoyed Detroit. Now, obviously, we stayed down in the downtown area. It wasn't too bad. But it wasn't bad at all. It was just great. You know, and uh, great food. Uh, we, uh, my daughter is similar to me, is that we don't particularly get into a lot of, eth I mean, uh, American food. We like ethnic foods. So we, we ate at a lot of ethnic restaurants uh, as well. But anyway. So, went to the show uh, Friday night, had a great time, and it was just a quick trip. Uh, Anita, by the way, those of you, and I've heard people say uh, they've seen Anita Baker, and she just doesn't sound like uh, the way she used to. I, had, I heard, I was talking to someone, and they said her voice is different because when she got pregnant, you know, them hormones changed her voice. Huh? Let me just say this. That is... <laughs> let me, well, I'll tell you what I have a better way to say it Okay, let me just For that person who said that to me And this was just last week And I've heard other people make these comments You know, let, let me just Let me just put it like this, okay What you just said Is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard At no point In your rambling, incoherent response Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. There you go. Because I say that because Nita turned it out. Okay? Nita Baker. Now, I will admit there was one song she didn't sing that I wanted to hear, which was Sometimes. But overall, oh my God, oh my God. And I loved it because there was a huge mix of people there, old. And she reminded us that one of what, what uh, been so long, 35 years ago, okay? So there was a mix. Uh, look, my daughter is, well, in fact, that song, my daughter wasn't even born when that song came out. So, uh, so as she kept, and I loved it because, she kept reminding the young people in the crowd that this is real music. These are not tracks. These are not machines. And she introduced her, her, uh, her band. And these people are singing. The background singers are really singing. And she allowed them to just sing. No, she allowed them to just sing. All right. And she constantly reminded those young people throughout the show. That this is real. 
this is real. So we had a great show. We had a great time. On the way back was where the nightmare started. So on Saturdays, there's only one flight. And I was on Southwest Airlines. There's only one flight that flies into Little Rock. Okay? If it's a late flight. And I, I had the late flight on Saturday. I got to the airport uh, probably in Detroit probably about uh, 2 o'clock. Uh, I flew into St. Louis and I knew I was going to have a five hour layover. I was totally prepared for that. So I got to St. Louis hmm, probably about five that evening, somewhere in there. Okay. And was sitting patiently, you know, because I, like I said, I had a five hour layover, you know, kind of, kind of tooled around the, uh, the airport checked out what I wanted to eat, made a decision, broke, then made another decision, and finally sat down and ate. Came back to the gate, and, um, well, as a matter of fact, I had gotten an email, a text, that said the flight was delayed. In the meantime, I had my daughter was telling me that she was, she was flying out of Detroit to go to Chicago, and... Her flight out of Detroit was delayed. She was supposed to fly out at 12. Her flight didn't leave Detroit until about 3 p.m. that day. So something went on over the weekend with the airlines, and no one has given us a great explanation. Initially, they were saying that it was a weather event, but after I got back to Little Rock and started complaining to the 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 Southwest people here, he said it was not a weather event. But that's neither here nor there. Let me continue with the story. So consequently, the flight ended up getting postponed four times. And the latest postponement, well, the second latest postponement was it was going to fly out of St. Louis like at 1220. Saturday morning, well, early Sunday morning, and arrive in Little Rock at 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Now, when they postponed the first flight, because I've flown this leg fairly often, at least four or five times, uh, because I go to Baltimore, and usually if I fly into St. Louis, and then they bring us to Little Rock. Anytime in the past, at least a few times, I've noticed that when that flight is after 11 p.m. That flight is not going to make it. And then at the Little Rock Airport, that flight, Little Rock Airport basically closes at midnight. Okay? Now, when they first postponed the flight, and uh, we were concerned, because I wasn't the only one that was flying into Little Rock, we were concerned and many of the people were at the gate complaining to the gate agents that this we need to get some better uh, information about what's going to happen. So in the meantime, another flight came in from another destination. And their connecting flight was immediately canceled. We knew we were in trouble then. At least I knew we were in trouble. 
And they began to give hotel vouchers to everyone that needed them on that flight. In the meantime, these other people that were flying to Little Rock, they were already raising hell, so it was no reason for me to go to the gate, to the, to the desk, because I just sat back and watched. But I knew what was going on. In the meantime, we had multiple cancellations or these postponements for our flight. Now, the argument that the, the, some of the people were making is the fact that we needed hotel vouchers. And the gate agents kept telling us, it's okay, y'all are going to be all right. Your flight is going to make it. These people are getting vouchers because their flight was totally canceled. And I'm, we're telling them, at least those people were, that those flights were not going to make it. So I finally, after they had given out those hotel vouchers, because the, they told us, once we get t taken care of with this flight that just came in, we're going to take care of y'all. Trust us. We're going to take care of you. So we waited. So once they had taken care of that other flight, it was, it was probably about 100 people. I'm, I kid you not. Okay? We go to the desk. And they kept telling us that our flight's going to make it. And in the meantime, we said, well, wait a minute. For this inconvenience, we need to be compensated. So they said, okay, we can give you a food voucher. They gave us a food voucher for $14. Now, anyone who has ever flown, if you try to buy food at an airport, you know $14 ain't going to go a long way. Okay? Unbelievable. That was the first thing. All right? By this time, we also said we need a voucher for future flights. So they capitulated and gave all of us a $200 flight voucher. Okay? For future flights. So we had told them at that time that we, that flight is not going to make it. About this time, it was probably about 9 p.m. My flight was initially supposed to leave at 9.20 but it had been a po it had been postponed to approximately what 11:20 somewhere in there 2 hours later i told them that flight was not going to make it i i calmly explained to them that i had flown the flight uh and typically that flight if it's af if it leaves after 11 o'clock or scheduled to leave after 11 o'clock it's not going to make it they swore up and down it would so okay i took the $14 the voucher and went and sat down and ate and I kept it under $14. I had had my fill of airport food. I had been in the airport most of the day. So I was, but I wanted to spend the voucher. And they said it was only good there. So I had to spend it. Okay. While I'm eating, I get a text from Southwest. And the text states that I had been rescheduled for a flight for the for Sunday evening at 11:20 p.m. Now remember it's already 9 9ish p.m. on Saturday. I had been in the airport now for approximately 6 hours. And they were telling us that they're rescheduling the flight for in another 26 hours. I went ballistic. 
I quickly paid, rushed back to the gate. But au contraire, mon ami, there were people already there raising holy hell with the gate agents. And rightfully so. And at that point, we demanded that we needed a hotel voucher because we were we were not going to stand at hold in that airport for 24 for 26 hours and then the same thing that I had said earlier about those flights leaving after 11 p.m. there were no guarantees by the by Southwest that those flights that flight that we rescheduled on that they rescheduled us on for Sunday night at 11:20 that it would make it they couldn't give us any guarantees. And by the way, another lady that was in our in the group going to Little Rock, her text told her that she was rescheduled for Monday. And they couldn't tell us why the difference. In the meantime, they called the police on us. And one cop came up trying to be Billy Badass, and unfortunately, he was a brother. And people were recording, and he was telling them that they can't record. And I calmly said, yeah, you can record. This is a public facility. You can record in this building. And he said, well, I'll take everybody to jail. And I said, well, you may have to do that. I said, but then I'm going to sue your ass. I just told him. You know, and I said, by the way, brother, why are you coming up here tripping? You don't even know what's going on. You, these people are upset, which reminds me. There was a sister there. That when we started raising hell, she was trying to be, oh, and by the way, the gate agents were two black, one Hispanic, and, well, maybe it was three black, I don't forget the, the total. And she said, well, don't talk to that sister that way, y'all ought to be ashamed of yourself. And I had to put her ass in check. Because, as I told her, you don't know what none of us have going on. So you can't tell us what to say. Last I checked, this was a free country. I'm going to tell you, I was hot. All right. So anyway, the cop came up raising hell. And I told him, I said, hey, bro, you don't even know what's going on, man. You coming up here threatening people. And the way we've been treated, you do the same thing, too. And then we told him what was going on. And the cop got upset with Southwest. They were appalled. So now we're trying to find out, okay, we don't, I don't live in St. Louis. I don't know anything about St. Louis. Neither did many of the other people there. And we're trying to find out, okay, you're not going to give us hotel vouchers. They said, well, when we asked for hotel vouchers earlier, they told us to wait. And they gave out all those hotel vouchers to everybody else. And then when we were ready to get our vouchers, they told us they had ran out. Wow. They told us that they didn't have any more and we were going to have to fend for ourselves. They basically told us to F ourselves. That's the way we all took it. People went ballistic. So finally, I decided that I was going to try to get a hotel. And thank goodness for the people at the Holiday Inn, and the Alamo card for helping a black man out. I really appreciate David and Richard at Alamo Car Rental. All right. I'm going to continue this story because I think it's important. And I don't mean to make it so personal. But this weekend and what airlines are doing to people, 
is unacceptable. And there should be some penalty for it. I'm talking more about this here in just a moment. You're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. On joinatradio.com. UAMS Mid-South Black Expo presented by the Arkansas Minority Health, Simmons Bank, the Foundation of Social Impact, Ortho Rehab, and the Timmons Arts Foundation is back with over 100 booths of black excellence and plenty of fun and excitement for everyone. Saturday, July 30th, 9 to 4 p.m. at the venue at Westwood, 7318 Westwood Drive in North Little Rock. The Minority Health van will be on-site providing health screenings. Special guest on the Simmons Entertainment Stage, the St. Mark's Choir, Rodney Block, Tawana Campbell, Nikki Parrish, Cordo Mamalu's Fashion Show. On the Think Social Impact Speaker Stage, get entrepreneurial tips, doctor's advice, and so much more. Booths are still available. Get info at MidSouthBlackExpo.com or call BK Simmons at 501-547-5340. That's 501-547-5340. JoinEdRadio.com is a proud media partner for this event. We'll see you there. Dynamic Dave for JoinEdRadio.com. I'm inviting all small businesses to contact me at 855-525-5683 and let JoinEd Radio set up an advertising package specifically designed with your business in mind. This is a great opportunity for small businesses to get your products on the air. Do you want to get the word out about a new business? JoinEd Radio is for you. Do you want to advertise your event or social gathering? Gathering, join at radio is for you. Do you preach or teach? Do it right here on joinatradio.com. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at 855-525-5683 or go to joinatradio.com and review our great lineup of shows. Let's help each other and let's get your products in the hands of consumers across the country. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at joinatradio.com at 855-525-5683. I'll talk to you soon. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. All right, welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me. You want to wrap up this segment with uh, uh, what happened. Okay, um, if you're just joining me, I'm telling you about my ordeal with Southwest Airlines and being lost in the St. Louis airport this weekend. 
<laughs> and uh, it, it was serious business. It really was because people were upset. I was upset because how Southwest handled us was astoundingly stupid because they basically lied to us. And then they left us in a lurch, whereas that we were not able to, we would not have been able to take care of our own. Had Look, let me put it this way. Had I not had money to get a hotel and then ultimately having to rent a car to get home, then I'd have no telling where I'd be right now. I'd still be stuck in the St. Louis airport. The, the irony is that I also bought us. Uh, I did for the first time, you know, Southwest has this cattle call and I bought the seat upgrades and it's clear that what they do and they keep these seat upgrades open. They don't sell them. So then they can turn around and charge you an extra 30 bucks for them. And I bought them and I'm going to tell you uh, from Detroit to St. Louis, I was a one loved it. First person on the plane loved it. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, then I was going to buy St. Louis to Little Rock. I bought that one and it was it was A2. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, I loved it. But anyway, so just to finish the story before the top of the hour. So we, um, by this time, it was close to 10 o'clock. And I knew arguing with those gate agents was futile at that point. There was no reason whatsoever to continue. Because they had made their statements there was nothing they can do. The amazing things about it, as we, as the, as the fracas continued, questions were powerful. And by this time, we had a manager up there, and we asked, "Well, if we go get a hotel room, are we going to be reimbursed by Southwest?" She said, "Well, we can't guarantee that the corporate office is going to re reimburse you. I'm waiting on that right now." Uh, what about a rental car? Well, we can't guarantee that the corporate office is going to reimburse your rental car. So we had to make a decision. At least I knew I had to make a decision. I needed to get home. And St. Louis was only five and a half hours away. I knew I had some money. And I could afford to get a hotel and a rental car. The problem is I knew where no hotels were in St. Louis. Now, certainly you got Google and you can Google them, but again, I have no reservations either, okay? So the first thing I had to do was get to the hotel. Well, the first thing I had to do was secure a rental car. I figured that if nothing else, hell, I would just take off driving and pull over to rest stop and sleep until I was ready to start back again. So... <clears throat> I went downstairs and I went outside, you know, like you're leaving and you got the rental car vans out there. And I saw the first one that came up and I said, and I hollered at the driver and I said, hey, man, and thank goodness he was a brother. OK, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, he was a real brother from the hood. And I just told him what the what the ordeal was. And he was shocked. And I said, he said, man, do you have a reservation? I said, no, I don't. He said, I can't guarantee they're going to, we don't even have any car. We don't have cars. Well, he said, I can't guarantee that we have cars, but if you're willing to go, I'll take you over there to the lot. We're still open and we'll go from there. So headed out, uh, we talked a little bit 
And I don't have a credit card. I buy everything cash. I have a debit card, a bank debit. And he said, well, man, typically we use credit cards. I don't know if, I don't know if you're gonna, we're going to be able to do that for you. But you can go see. So as soon as we got over there, he took me to the front. There was a brother in there. He said, see that black man in there with the white shirt? Go in there and talk to him. If anybody can help you, he can help you. So I go in there and talk to him. All right? And sure enough, they, um, I tell him what the ordeal was. Told him about my credit card situation. He said, hey, man, I know what you're going through. He said, we only got three cars. He said, I said, what kind of car? He said, what kind of car do you want? I said, man, I just need a car to get to Little Rock. Then he said, oh, man, I don't know if we even got cars that, can we, you can, that we have one way. Then he went and he talked to his manager and uh, came back and they rented me the car. Richard and David at Alamo at the St. Louis Airport. If you're there, go holler at them. Two brothers. Appreciate them. So then, as I was riding to the airport in the, in the rental car van, I was looking around for, for hotels and certainly saw a few. And fortunately, uh, many of them were relatively close to the uh, airport. So the first place I saw was a Holiday Inn. And of course, I have an IHG membership. I go in. I tell the guy that uh, he was the night auditor. I tell him, because by this time, it was close to 11. I tell him what's going on. He says, man, I only have one room left, and it's da-da-da-da-da. And I said, wow. I said, I don't have no choice, man. I'll take it. In other words, the room was damn near $200. That was a little steep as far as I was concerned. But I was tired. I needed to sleep. It had been a long day at the airport. I finally got, I took the room. He said, well, man, I'm going to do you a solid. I'm going to upgrade you to a suite because I know you've had a long day. And I said, well, I thought you didn't have any other rooms. He said, we don't put the rooms on the, res the suites out there unless someone specifically asks for them. These rooms are usually available unless they're special occasions. So he upgraded me to a suite, go in the suite, nice suite. I was going to take some pictures. I was just tired, uh, took a nice whirlpool bath, and boom, I was out. Had to get up the next morning and drive to Little Rock, a five-and-a-half-hour drive from St. Louis to Little Rock. And I got home approximately around 2 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, thanks to Southwest. Now, one of the things that I'm expecting Southwest to do, and I'm going to keep you posted on this, is you need to reimburse me for my rental car, my hotel. One of the things I didn't tell you is that it was a solid that the lady, the manager at the hotel the next morning, she took care of me. Okay. I didn't even go out to get breakfast. They had breakfast at the hotel and real breakfast like eggs and bacon and, and sausage and turkey sausage and coffee and pancakes. They took care of me. All right. But the frustration that I have with Southwest, because I, I had to kick out close to $500 in order to get home, an extra $500. Now, I expect Southwest to make me whole. I also expect Southwest to reimburse that entire trip. 
I also expect Southwest to give me some free trips, at least one. I expect them to do that. Now, will they do that? I don't know. But I'm going to hound them and hound them and hound them. And I'm also going to send, I sent them a long letter today. I'm going to send it to the Attorney General. Because from what I understand, a, um, let me, let me quickly look up something. We got a little time here. Let me quick up something because I'm curious. Airline Passengers Bill of Rights. Because, um, let's see here. All right. I thought I had seen something. Now, this is from transportation.gov. And let's see. Delayed or canceled flights. Let me look at this. Airlines don't guarantee their schedules, and you should realize this when planning a trip. There are many things that can and often do make it impossible for flight to arrive on time. Some of these problems, okay, so if your flight is delayed, try to find out how late it will be. But uh, keep in mind that sometimes difficult airlines to estimate the time, okay, and so-called creeping delays. Okay, all right, so. All right, all right, let's see. If your flight is canceled, most airlines will rebook you on their on the first flight to your destination in which space is available uh, at no additional charge. If this involves a significant delay, find out if another carrier has space and ask the first airline if they will endorse your ticket uh, on the other carrier. Finding extra seats may be difficult, which, yeah, it was. Uh Ooh, so look at this. All right. Contrary to popular belief, for domestic itineraries, airlines are not required to compensate passengers whose flights are delayed or canceled. As discussed in the chapter of overbooking, compensation is required by law on domestic trips only when you are bumped from a flight that is oversold. Uh, that doesn't sound good at all. But apparently in 2021, there was a Senate bill by Richard Blumenthal, and hopefully it's not going to do me if they decide that they're not going to read, they're not going to compensate me. But the bill expands protections for passengers and air transportation. Because what has been going on this last year has been terrible. Among other things, the bill requires the Department of Transportation to implement regulations relating to protections for air passengers for being required to involuntarily relinquish their seats unless unnecessary or for safety or security. The elimination of dollar and limitations on compensation for passengers denied boarding due to overbooking. Compensations to play, uh, passengers for delayed or canceled flights. Uh, interline agreements between air carriers and other transportation providers, training uh, on rights of passengers, unreasonable air carrier fees. So that bill hasn't been introduced yet. So I might just be screwed. Thanks, Southwest. That makes my day. But at least I'm home. <sighs> and tired as all get out. Problem I'm having is because 
I'm taking flights and trips on a regular basis now. And I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you. All of these places are messed up. They are. All of these airlines are screwed. So I just got depressed all over again after reading that. Let's see, well, let's do it like this. Let's see if Southwest is the customer service airline that they've so claimed to be all these years. This is the first time I've ever had any problems with them. Let's see if they own up to the mantra that they are this huge customer service airline. That old saying, we will see. We will see. All right, we'll take the top of the hour break. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. Host of Black Focus Radio and the Weekly Sports Magazine. We here at joinedradio.com would like to thank you for all the love and support you've given us. Our goal is to keep you inspired and informed daily with quality programming from gospel music, news talk, and sports. Log on to joinedradio.com for the program lineup. And while there, be sure to make a donation. Then download our app and carry us anywhere in the world. Please continue to spread the word about joinedradio.com. And if you are an entrepreneur or have an upcoming event or you'd like to start a show, let the professional writers and producers here at joinedradio.com help you get the word out. Call me at 615-554-0568 for more details. In the meantime, stay informed and inspired daily right here on joinedradio.com. Hello to quality time at Marco's. Hello to the best part of the day and to making someone else's. Say hello to late nights and to the best night ever. These are the primo moments, and they call for Italian quality pizza. Dough made from scratch every day. Sauce with a history in the making from the original Giamarco recipe. Say hello to an authentic favorite. Every store, every day, the Italian way. Hello, primo. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. 
Hey folks, are you looking for a place to exchange ideas and talk about the issues that affect our community? Then join me, David W. Coleman, and my co-host, Robert Webb, for Black Focus Radio every Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. on joinedradio.com. We like to say, it's our issues, our solutions, our voices. Download the latest podcast on your favorite platform. Also catch us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That's Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. Okay, welcome back to the second hour of the show. Woo! I felt like Macaulay Calkin in the St. Louis airport. <laughs> I really did. I'm actually looking at some pictures. We went to this, this great sushi place called Mira. Oh, my God. And I'm going to tell you, for the first time in a long time, I had some great miso soup. A lot of these these uh, these places, you go and they serve miso, and it's nothing but clear water with oil and chicken fat, and a few little mushrooms and and some green onions. It was clear, obvious that this this miso soup and mirror, <laughs> whoo, man, it was fire. One cheap, it's one cheap sushi now, okay. But it was great. Okay. So, this hour, by the way, shout out to Bruce's Beach. Those of you who don't know what Bruce's Beach is, we've talked about that a lot on the show. Bruce's Beach is the place where um, uh, a family, a black family, owned the land in California, and it was taken away by the city. And it sat vacant. The irony is that they took the land away and didn't develop it. And it was finally given back, thanks to Gavin Newsom. It was finally given back to the family. And they had a ceremony last week. And uh, it is officially back into the, 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 the descendants' hands. And that's a good thing. Good for them. Also, a couple of other stories that I want to get to. Uh, before and we're going to talk about this Central Park 6 we're going to get to that a little later on in hour. I promise you we're going to get to that because I think it's really important for us to understand what was going on and what we missed out on we're also going to talk a little bit about the man exonerated from the Malcolm X killing why he's suing for 40 million dollars but just quickly Byron Allen is now the proud owner of the Black News Network. You all remember that network, right? I certainly do. And watched it a couple of times, but didn't put any full 
throating behind it simply because it was owned by J.C. Watts. Okay? Been a big fan of Byron Allen. He sued the cable companies. He sued a lot of the uh, media companies because they've been basically trying to keep black people out of the media industry. Now, Byron Allen's, Byron Allen's Allen Media Group is, a prou is proud to announce that the Northern District of Florida Tallahassee Division of the United States Bankruptcy Court issued an order approving the sale of substantially all of the Black News Channel assets free and clear of all liens, claims, encumbrances, and interests to AMG's Networks Division. AMG is acquiring BNC out of bankruptcy for $11 million from uh, the billionaire Shahid Khan. You know, he was he's part of the Jacksonville um, Jaguars owner, and he basically gave him enough, me, uh, enough, uh, enough money to fail. All right? Uh, AMG's acquisition of the BNC will add 300 million linear and digital subscribers to the AMG portfolio of assets, which include 12 television stations, uh, television networks, such as the Weather Channel. By the way, y'all didn't know Byron Allen owned the Weather Channel, did you? Yes, he does. Uh, digital platforms, Local Now, which it, you've probably seen that as well. Uh, HBCU Go, Sports T. Sports, TV, the Grio uh, streaming app, and the Weather Channel streaming app. So Byron Allen is the real deal. I might need to look out, reach out to him, and uh, try to get some information on doing some doing some work with HBCUs. We'll see how that goes. So <laughs> congratulations to By Byron Allen. Okay, uh, AMG also invested over one billion dollars in the last three years to acquire. 27 ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox uh, network affiliate broadcast television stations nationwide. BNC has carriage on traditional linear package via Comcast, Charter, Cox, Dish, DirecTV, Verizon. BNC currently enjoys approximately 45 million linear subscribers and Allen plans to grow the distribution to more than 80 million linear subscribers in the next six months. So there you have it. Congratulations to Byron Allen. It's about time. By the way, many people believe that this is why they went after Bill Cosby because Bill Cosby uh, was trying to buy CBS. What Byron Allen did was basically start his own stuff and then started acquiring various television stations. So congratulations to Byron Allen for making that happen. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Okay? Uh, let's talk a little bit about this Malcolm X accused who is has been exonerated and and is now suing for 40 million dollars a man who was exonerated last year in the 1965 assassination of Malcolm X has filed a 40 million and this is by the way according to the AP news has filed a 40 million dollar lawsuit against the New York City against New York City for the two decades he spent in prison for a notorious crime he did not commit. Lawyers of 84-year-old Muhammad Aziz filed the lawsuit Thursday in federal court in Brooklyn over Aziz's wrongful conviction in the murder of Malcolm X, the civil rights leader who urged black people to seek justice by any means necessary. 
Now, I don't like that phrase because that's not what he did. Okay? So, there. this is the AP trying to color who Malcolm X was. Okay? An additional complaint was filed on behalf of the estate of Khalil Islam, a second man who was wrongly, wrongfully convicted in the assassination. Malcolm X... Okay, we know, uh, let's see. Malcolm X was shot dead February 21st, 1965 in the Audubon Ballroom in Upper Manhattan. Aziz and Islam, then known as Norman 3X Butler and Thomas 15X Johnson, and a third man were convicted of the murder in 1966 and sentenced to life in prison. The third man, Majahid Abdul Halim, admitted to shooting Malcolm X, but said neither Aziz nor Islam was involved. Halim was paroled in 2010. A Manhattan judge dismissed the conviction of Aziz and Islam in November 21 after prosecutors and new evidence of witness intimidation and suppression of exculpatory evidence had undermined the case against them. Then, District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. apologized for law enforcement's serious unacceptable violations of law and the public trust. Attorneys David Shannes and Deborah Francois said in complaints filed Thursday that both Aziz and Islam were at their home in the Bronx when Malcolm X was killed. They said Aziz spent 20 years in prison for a crime he did not commit and more than 55 years living with the hardship of indignity attendant uh, being unjustly branded as a convicted murderer of one of the most important civil rights leaders of history. Islam spent 22 years in prison and died while hoping to clear his name. The damage done to Mr. Islam and his family was immense and irreparable, according to his attorneys. A spokesman for the New York's law department referred a request for comment to Mayor Eric Adams, who said in a statement, as someone who has fought for a fairer criminal justice system my entire career, I believe the overturning of Mr. Aziz and Mr. Islam's convictions was the just outcome. We are reviewing the lawsuit. Good for you, Eric. Because at the end of the day, pay these brothers. And again, it goes back to the FBI again because we know, we know this is based on FBI papers that the that FBI was surveilling Malcolm X on a regular basis and had infiltrated his inner circle. We know that the man who held Malcolm's ex Malcolm X's wounds was an FBI agent. An undercover agent. We know that. We know that the gunman who did the actual shooting, police were everywhere and they were able to escape apprehension. We know that. So these men need to be paid. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. And it's sad because... All these years, they've had, had led, we've been led to believe that they were the ones who did the killing. And then all of a sudden, evidence began to come out. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have the FBI versus Malcolm X. I mean, Martin Luther King. I have the autobiography of Malcolm X. 
I understand what COINTELPRO was all about and what they did to Malcolm, to many of the black leaders of the civil rights movement. That's part of the reason so many of them are scared. So many black leaders, so-called black leaders are scared today because they fear COINTELPRO or remnants of COINTELPRO. So pay these brothers all of that money. Don't him and haw about it. If you say that this was just Mayor Eric Adams, then pay these brothers. All right. One last thing before we get to, we got more New York news. One last thing. I want to talk a little bit about T.D. Jakes. I'm not a T.D. Jakes fan. I'm going to tell you like this. But, and I'm going to tell you, you know, just about every show now, I typically say something that ticks women off, and I'm not doing it on purpose. But I'm just not for all of these things that are happening between the black male and the black female, and we got to have some serious conversations. We got to have some serious conversations about why these things are happening. Okay? And for a person who works at a facility where I see a lot of black boys, well, well, black young men, 18 to 22, and see how they are not prepared for life, many of them with single mothers, we got to question what's going on. Now, some of you all will take what I'm about to say as an attack on single mothers. That's called cognitive dissonance because you don't want to hear the facts. Just like the facts that we tell you often that black men take more take care of their children more than any other ethnic group. Okay? We know that to be true. We know that to be true. But if you tell a sister that, she'll she'll Go crazy on you. And then she want to start telling you about her black man. Well, brother, well, sister, you the one chose that brother. So what does that say about your character? But a lot of these young black boys are not being prepared for life. We've talked about this before, as I've said, the old saying, women raise their daughters and they love their sons. What that means is that women give their daughters everything that they need to be successful. Whereas they basically let their sons grow up like wild weeds. Because you know why? Because they can't relate to their sons. Many people would argue that, that this is why there has been a huge growth in black male homosexuality. Because many of these black males are what? Being raised by black women. Give you an example. Dr. Gwanzajin Kunjufu in his book, The Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys, he talked about this very phenomenon where he went into the home and he was counseling two women and one woman had her son sitting down to pee. And her, excuse me, and her argument was, I make him do that because he does not have good aim and he simply urinates all over the bathroom. And I have to come in and clean it up. So as opposed to teaching him how to do it, she makes him mimic a woman to use the bathroom. 
You see, a man knows how to teach a young boy how to urinate. Okay? She don't know how. Secondly, another one of his clients would have her young boy sitting on the bed while she primped and put on makeup. What does that reinforce into that young impressionable boy? Is that feminism and makeup is okay? I don't care if you don't like what I'm saying. We see evidence. By the way, that book was written back in what, the 1980s? If we, if we only would have listened to Dr. Kanjufu then, where would we be today? Where would our black males be today? But you know what? We capitulated to, to black women, raising children. It was okay. Running black men out of the household. And we're seeing the results. I don't care if you're mad. But the young black men that I see today is effeminate as, at best. That doesn't mean that they're homosexuals. But how they dress is disturbing to me as a black man. And I consider myself a real black man. So I also see these young brothers where I work. I see how their mothers pamper them. I think I told you the story about setting up an account for a young brother and they have to do it themselves and the mother was trying to do it. And I told, and this happens on a regular basis. In fact, we're getting ready to go through that cycle in about a week and I'm not, I don't think I'm ready for it. But that's another story for another day. So one, one mother was so mad at me because her son could not type what I was telling him to type. She began to do it for him. And I stopped her. And she blamed me that because her son couldn't type his, his information, which was clearly written on a piece of paper for him. So I asked her the question, and they lived out of state. I asked her the question, because by this time, now she mouthing at me. Yang, 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 yang. And I, I, and I just calmly said, I said, ma'am, there's a method to my madness. I said, let me ask you a question. If he can't type in his information now, and this is something he's going to have to do on a regular basis, what's going to happen when you're not here? And I just shut up and looked at her. I said, now you can go ahead and type in the information for him, but when you're gone back to Louisiana where you're from, there's nobody going to be here to do it for him. So either he learns now, or he won't learn. It's your choice. And I have, I've made that speech to multiple mothers about their sons when I'm trying to set them up. Okay? Not trying to embarrass anybody. That's why I'm not giving names and specifics. Then there was another young man who was actually I was dealing with last week. And this young man had was supposed to have his account set up four weeks ago. And he comes to me and says, hey, I need to get into my account. And I said, do you already have an account? All that stuff set up? He said, yeah, I already have everything set up. I, he said, well, I said, do you have your email? So, well, my email won't work. 
Really? Okay. I said, did you forget your email? Uh, did you forget your password? Uh, no, I never had a password. So, I said, okay, go out there and show me that you can get in, See, tell me what's happening. Go out to one of those computers. I go back to my office. I come back out. He's gone. He went to another office. They called me and said, this person needs my, my help. I didn't realize it was him. So I said, yeah, I'm in the library. Send him back over here. He comes back in. And this was about 30 minutes had left. And he could have had things taken care of. So then when he comes back over, I called that person back and I said, did this person have a red shirt on? She said, yeah. I said, well, I had given him instructions on what to do, but apparently he just left. So then I go back out there and I ask him, I said, brother, you told me that you knew how to get into the system. I said, and by the way, this is four weeks that has elapsed and you don't know how to get into the system? You don't even know where to go? I said, that's unacceptable. You know what he said to me? He said, man, I'm grown like you. I'm a grown man like you. And you don't have to say it to me like that. I said, first of all, you're not grown like me because I'm 61 years old and I'm taking care of my business. I said, number two, how would you have liked for me to say it? And I just got quiet. And he kept mouthing and mouthing at me. And I just stood there. Here's my point. A young brother who was raised by his father is not going to keep yapping at you. That's a feminine trait. No offense. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Women will, that's just part of their nature. I love them. But when y'all, they like to yap. Your mama did it. Your sisters did it. They just like to yap at you. Even though they know they're wrong, they just yap, 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 yap. They're like a little, them little yap dogs. Can't get upset. Most men will shut up and walk away. I said what I said. I'm done with it. But that young brother just kept yapping at me. Okay? So, when we come back from the break, play what T.D. Jake said. Like I said, I'm not a fan of his, these prosperity preachers. But I see it every day. And women are upset with T.D. Jakes now. Either you want to save your sons or you don't. And the only way that we can save our sons is that you got to listen to someone else other than what you think is right. And what is going on with our young black boys on a daily basis, it, it starts at home and they're clearly not being raised properly. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. 
dynamic day for joinedradio.com. I'm inviting all small businesses to contact me at 855-525-5683 and let Joinet Radio set up an advertising package specifically designed with your business in mind. This is a great opportunity for small businesses to get your products on the air. Do you want to get the word out about a new business? Joinet Radio is for you. Do you want to advertise your event or social gathering? Joinet Radio is for you. Do you preach or teach? Do it right here on joinetradio.com. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at 855-525-5683 or go to joinetradio.com and review our great lineup of shows. Let's help each other and let's get your products in the hands of consumers across the country. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at joinetradio.com at 855-525-5683. I'll talk to you soon. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you'll shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sautéed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. UAMS Mid-South Black Expo presented by the Arkansas Minority Health, Simmons Bank, the Foundation of Social Impact, Ortho Rehab, and the Timmons Arts Foundation is back with over 100 booths of black excellence and plenty of fun and excitement for everyone. Saturday, July 30th, 9 to 4 p.m. at the venue at Westwood, 7318 Westwood Drive in North Little Rock. The Minority Health van will be on-site providing health screenings. Special guest on the Simmons Entertainment Stage, the St. Mark's Choir, Rodney Block, Tawana Campbell, Nikki Parrish, Cordo Mamalu's Fashion Show. On the Think Social Impact Speaker Stage, get entrepreneurial tips, doctor's advice, and so much more. Booths are still available. Get info at MidSouthBlackExpo.com or call BK Simmons at 501-547-5340. That's 501-547-5340. JoinEdRadio.com is a proud media partner for this event. We'll see you there. All right, welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you want to join the show. Uh, You know, we talk a lot about police brutality and what needs to uh, happen to stop that. And we talk a lot about a lot of different things that affect our community and how we need to change it in order to improve our community. What seems to be the third rail in our community is criticizing black women when it comes to our black boys. Anytime you go near that, you're going to be attacked. 
But I got my big boy pants on and broad shoulders, and I'm not worried about that because my ultimate goal is to wake up some of you sisters out there who think you got it going on and you're ruining our boys. I'm just going to be real with you. You see, see, I can say that because see, I'm a product of a, of a single mother household. But here's the difference. My mother understood one thing, is that she had to get some men in my life in order for me to be successful. So she put me, I played baseball, I had coaches, I played football, I, went in, I was in the Boy Scouts, uh, the men at my church at the time that I was going to church. All of those are mentors or were mentors to me. I will tell you right now, Samuel Hudson Sr., Clifton Earl Towns the first, uh, Ben Madry, uh, uh, John Talley. Those are just a few of the men that crossed my path and were allowed to chastise me if I got out of line. You can't do that to these black boys today. Don't talk to my boy like that. And when they run up on a coarse person who is trying to drop knowledge on them, the first thing that they do, because they're not used to being talked to or spoken to in a firm manner, because mama always saying, oh, baby, don't do that. Baby, don't do Baby, you do it this way. Here's what I'm going to say to you sisters out there. The world is not like that. You better be able to hold your own. And holding your own means holding your temper. That means not getting cross-eyed when you're a manager, your supervisor, or someone is trying to drop some knowledge on you and it doesn't come out the way you think it should come out. That's why you have so many of our black boys failing. Because they've been raised at home to think that they don't have to succeed. So I want to play this T.D. Jakes piece for you. Let's see what it's talking, what it's all about. Because it's important for us to understand what this is all about. Because if we want to save our community, it starts with our black boys. Y'all better wake up. Women to be men. And you are not applauded for your femininity. You are applauded in the contemporary society by how tough, rough, nasty, mean, aggressive, hateful, possessive you are and you are climbing the corporate ladder but we are losing our families. I know you can buy your own car. I know you can buy your own house. But until you create a need that I can pour into, I have no place in your life. So stop coming home bragging to me about how much you don't need me and wonder why I shy away. Do y'all get that? Sisters, that's from y'all holy preacher, T.D. Jakes. You all don't understand because, see, we went through a generation of everybody feeling, wondering about women and feeling sorry for women, black women. Nobody is paying attention to black men. No one is hearing what we have to say. And I say we because I experience this also. I don't care how much money you make. 
I don't care the fact that you can go get any man you think you can get. What I need you to be is a woman. I don't want to be out there every day kicking ass in corporate America and then I got to come home and kick ass and I'm talking about figuratively in my household. And the bottom line is men are tired of it. And the funny thing about it, if you go through memes all on Facebook, you see all these sisters posting about where are the good men. There are a whole lot of good men out there. Excellent brothers out there who are making money, doing their thing, having a great life, but they are single. And the first thing they want to say to you is, because you're single, you must be gay. No. And then you get upset because the women of other cultures understand how to pour into their men, or at least uplift their men. And when those brothers go to other cultures, you're mad. First thing you say then is, see, they, they don't like themselves. They hate black women. Never looking at what you are doing to drive brothers away. That's the fascinating thing about it. And or always making excuses as to why you do what you do. I don't care if you're mad. If we're going to save our people, then we got to start having serious conversations about roles. You see, again, I don't want to date a, 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 a man woman. I want to date a woman woman. You know, that's feminine. That also, yeah, I'm not asking you to cook every day. <laughs> you know, when I talk to brothers... They're not asking you to cook every day, but they, they ex certainly expect you to take care of some of your female needs. I'm not talking about in the bedroom. Some of y'all ain't even doing that. Y'all are so caught up in this corporate chase, y'all don't, don't know how to take care of a man. Y'all just don't. And as he said, anybody wants to be needed if you don't need me, why am I with you? If, if I came home every day, or if I constantly made the statement that I don't need a woman. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty damn self-sufficient. I'm an ex-chef. I make my own money. I travel. But you know what I miss sometimes when I'm traveling by myself? Is that femininity. Mm. That smell of that perfume. When she snuggles up next to me on the plane. I just saw Anita Baker. It would have been great. Look, I had a great time with my daughter. But you know what would have been pretty nice? Is to have that sister out there. But see, there are certain things that I'm not going to put up at. Certainly at my age. And you're finding more and more brothers out there who have had enough of these so-called independent women. If you're independent, then go be independent. Because when you say you're independent, that says... You don't need a black man. Black men hear that. You may not think he does, but he hears that. And you know why your relationships are not working? And he going out to skeezy mama? It's because skeezy mama makes him feel needed. She might have three or four other guys on the, on the hook. But... 
She has a way of making him feel needed. And then when it blows up and you see who he's with, who he's been with, cheating on you, you are saying, well, how could you cheat on me with, with her and I got all this and I got this and I got this? That's because you're so materialistic you don't get it. You hear them every day. If, if, a certain, if guys aren't making X amount of dollars, you don't want to date them. What makes you think a guy want to date you if you're materialistic? Y'all don't get it. And I'm glad that T.D. Jakes had the nerve to bring it up. This ought to be a conversation that we need to have on a regular basis. Not a blame game, but understand my needs. Because if you're trying to out me, me, as a man, then that's not going to work for a lot of brothers who are confident in themselves. It has nothing to do with not being confident. It has everything to do with your nature as a man. Is that there are certain things that you ought to be able to do. And, and at the baseline of every relationship, whether you're male or female, is you need to be needed. You want to feel like you are important to that other person. But when that other person is constantly telling you that she don't need you, when you see sisters posting on memes and stuff like that, talking about they don't need a brother, what's the point? What's the point? Okay? Let me read a quote from a friend of mine who started this conversation, at least started me thinking about it, and then a TDJ uh, post broke over the weekend. She says, men feel loved when they feel needed. See, it's in my nature to be able to, to want to, I do things for women. I'm not talking about give you money, but I fix your car, or your computer, or I, 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 I walk your dog, or I, I, I take, take the kids to baseball and football practice, or whatever the case may be. I feel needed, and not only do I feel needed, I need to be reinforced that you are saying and you appreciate what I'm doing. Men feel love when they feel needed. And in the black community, women walk around saying they don't need a man. Let me just say, I love not having to keep my eyes on the road and love riding on the passenger side. Yes, sir, sister. It ain't nothing like being on the highway and you got that sister over there on the side and you driving down the road with maybe some Michael Franks. Sade, Marvin Gaye, whatever the case may be. And she can doze off. She can sleep. She wakes up, where are we? We got about 30 minutes to go. Go back to sleep. You see, sometimes it's the simple things that we fail to understand how important they are. We're so caught up now in what a woman needs, we've never addressed what a black man needs. I'm just saying. We'll take our last break. You're probably mad at me, but I don't care. Because I'm about the black community. And whatever it takes to make us start talking to one another about how we can reinforce our family unit because that's the key then you'll just be mad 
We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices, on joinedradio.com. Focus Radio and the Weekly Sports Magazine. We here at joinedradio.com would like to thank you for all the love and support you've given us. Our goal is to keep you inspired and informed daily with quality programming from gospel music, news talk, and sports. Log on to joinedradio.com for the program lineup, and while there, be sure to make a donation, then download our app and carry us anywhere in the world. Please continue to spread the word about joinedradio.com, and if you are an entrepreneur or have an upcoming event or you'd like to start a show let the professional writers and producers here at joinedradio.com help you get the word out call me at 615-554-0568 for more details in the meantime stay informed and inspired daily right here on joinedradio.com hello to quality time at marco's hello to the best part of the day and to making someone else's. Say hello to late nights and to the best night ever. These are the primo moments, and they call for Italian-quality pizza. Dough made from scratch every day. Sauce with a history in the making from the original Giamarco recipe. Say hello to an authentic favorite. Every store, every day, the Italian way. Hello, primo. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you'll shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. Hey folks, are you looking for a place to exchange ideas and talk about the issues that affect our community? Then join me, David W. Coleman, and my co-host, Robert Webb, for Black Focus Radio every Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. on joinatradio.com. We like to say, it's our issues, our solutions, our voices. Download the latest podcast on your favorite platform. Also catch us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That's Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinatradio.com. Welcome back to the show. We've had a jam-packed show. Some of the stuff we're going to have to circle back around to, and certainly this particular story that I'm going to cover right now is one of those. All right? 
We've all heard the story of the Central Park Five. Five young men who were accused of raping a, a jogger, a white woman, in Central Park, held in captivity for hours, forced to confess without an attorney, never were their parents contacted. Even when their parents were contacted, uh, one, one of the uh, kids' parents had a parole, was on parole, so they threatened him with sending him back to prison. One of the most egregious things that was done to any, well, I'm not going to say that because, I mean, these white folks do crazy stuff to black folks. But y'all understand the point. But one thing I learned is that education is a mother. And you can learn a lot. And apparently, there was a sixth person. His name was Stephen Lopez. Stephen Lopez was also part of this crew. He quickly, for whatever reasons, admitted to a lesser charge of robbery of the jogger and was sent to prison. No one had ever known about this guy. And I'm going to tell you, and by the way, this article is in the New York Ledger. And apparently, in this particular case, this young man has never received any recognition, has never been uh, gotten any of that $41 million that was given to the other five, and rightfully so. Today, I haven't gotten an update yet, but his conviction is about to be thrown out. He was 15 years old, just like the others. Unfortunately, his parents didn't speak any English, didn't understand the justice system at all. This young man is 48 at this point. He's no longer a young man. He signed a confession. He was 15 years old. According to review of his case conducted by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, uh, post-conviction justice unit, um, Mr. Lopez had been arrested in, the central, in Central Park after a series of assaults had broken out, including that of a male jogger who was thrown to the ground and beaten. The police held the teenager at the precinct for hours and hours, pushing them on the details of what had happened in the park. The teens, who were between 14 and 16 years of age, said they were led to blame each other for the crime. Mr. Lopez was in a holding cell about 20 hours before he was questioned. His parents, who were not native English speakers, were present, but no translators were provided. After nearly two and a half hours of questioning, a detective wrote out a statement that Mr. Lopez and his father signed. The statement placed Mr. Lopez at the scene of the attack on the male jogger, but Despite aggressive questioning, Mr. Lopez refused to say that he had been involved in the assault of the jogger. While a number of other teenagers questioned under similar duress, 
said that Mr. Lopez had committed crimes against both the male and female jogger. There was no forensic evidence tying him to the attack on the male jogger. Forensic investigators, however, identified a hair found on Mr. Lopez's clothing as possibly, possibly belonging to the female jogger. Later, it was determined that the original investigation's analysis of the hair strands were unreliable. Now, let me just tell you something. You're walking through a police department. You got white boys who have long hair. You got white women who have long hair. You found it on his clothing. Who's to say that that hair was, could have fallen from anybody? That's just, just stupid. But anyway... Mr. Lopez and the other five boys were charged with rape. Okay. The teens arrested that night, all of whom were black or Hispanic, were treated as symptoms of a city descending into a crime-written chaos. They were condemned by the police, prosecutors, and the media, and a famous real estate developer, Donald Trump, who placed a full-page ad in the city's newspapers calling for them to be put to death. They were often called beast or wolf pack, as if they were not even human. Their trials came to came the year before the brutal beating of Rodney King, and many Americans were at the time ignorant of the extent of police misconduct and the coercive tactics that could, be, could result in false confessions. It was decided that the six teenagers charged with the rape would be tried in three separate proceedings. Mr. McRae, Mr. Salam, and Mr. Santana was convicted on August 18th. Mr. Richardson, Mr. Wise were convicted on December the 11th of 1990, that same year. A month later, right as his trial was scheduled to begin, prosecutors offered Mr. Lopez a plea bargain in which he would plead guilty to first-degree robbery in exchange for having the rape charge dropped, Mr. Lopez agreed and was sentenced to one and a half to four, four and a half years in state prison. In February 2002, DNA evidence indicated that an uncharged suspect, Matthias Reyes, had attacked the jogger. Reyes, who was serving time in a separate on a separate rape and murder case, confessed to the crime. Until Monday, Mr. Lopez had been a forgotten element in their story. He was not featured in the 2012 documentary that Ken Burns made about the case, and no actor played him appeared in Ava DuVernay's 2019 television dramatization of the case, When They See Us. Mr. Lopez's story was ignored in part because he pled guilty. Another defendant, Michael Briscoe, pleaded guilty to assault in the third jogger. His conviction stands. He served more than three years of the sentence and did not appeal his conviction. Instead, nearly 20 years after the exoneration of the co-defendants, Mr. Lopez quietly reintroduced himself to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office in February 2021, asking that his conviction be reviewed. The following month, the office agreed and began the case. On the trail, Mr. Bragg, who frequently talks about the experience of the exonerated five, made the revamped unit a central tenet of his campaign, and upon taking office, he recruited Terry S. Rosenblatt, 
well known for in New York legal circles for her work on criminal defense and civil rights cases to lead it. Mr. Stephen Lopez, there's more to this story. According to Axios, a, a Stephen defendant, a co-defendant in the ninth, a co-defendant in the 1989 Central Park Five case, who pleaded guilty to a lesser charge, is expected to have his related conviction overturned on Monday. Why it matters? The five other black and Latino teenagers who were falsely convicted over the sexual assault of a white woman were exonerated. We talk about the Central Park Five, the exonerated five, but there were six people on that indictment, according to Alvin, uh, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney. And the other five who were charged, their convictions were vacated, and now it's time to have Mr. Lopez's charge vacated. The big picture. The five who were charged and convicted of the rape of Trisha Melly on the basis of false confessions of, confessions of police were exonerated after the true assailant identified himself. So, did you just learn something? I did. And it's a startling reminder of how corrupt police are. Not was. I'm going to give you another example. So today I was watching a video. And... These people were out at a bar, okay? And I'm going to be quick with this because we're short on time here. While they were out at the bar, somebody jumped on the back of the hood of their car and stumped in their back, or they jumped on their car and stumped in their windshield, broke it all out. When these people came out of the bar, they saw the damage to the car, and apparently there were some police in the area they flagged them down because they wanted to report that their car had been vandalized. When the police saw their car, unbeknownst to these two people who were about who, who, who were the owners of the car, there had been a hit and run accident a little ways away. And police were looking for the person who had hit this individual who was a pedestrian. So when they flagged them down and the police, they showed them, the, 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 the people showed the police the car, the police immediately accused them of the hit and run. <laughs> yeah, they did. Immediately accused them of the hit and run. And went through all these machinations of why they were the suspects that they were looking for. They even went to one of the um, one of the houses. I mean, they went to one of the the, the uh, businesses in the area to look at film. They didn't see what they needed to see. They arrested these people. Now these people now are, are suing for forty million dollars because there was other evidence. Obviously, they hired an attorney, and there were other evidence that came out from another business that showed this guy jumping on their windshield and stumping it out. But the police had said that they were down the street around the corner and had ran over this guy and he flew up and 
hit their windshield. And they were telling you, telling the police that, hey, that wasn't us. We've been in this bar all, all night. They didn't want to even see the check where he had the receipt of the time that they paid. And had they simply looked at the receipt, they could have easily surmised that at the time that that person was hit on the road, these people were in here eating. And you would have to really see the video in order to really understand how evil these police were. They're calling for an investigation and for them to be fired because they refuse to re listen to any reason whatsoever. So I'm just saying, this is why you should always film the police. No matter what, they cannot keep you from filming. And if they have body, body cameras, make sure that they are on. Ask them, are your body cameras on? Get their names. Get their badge numbers. Because it's pretty clear that they can't be trusted. And that's anywhere in America, sadly to say. On that note, that's going to do it for today's show. Hope you'll like it. It's going to be by Upton Sinclair. He wrote the book, The Jungle, and many other great books. And it speaks to why do we keep electing men who can't relate to us? Why is that? Here's this great quote. It is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on he is not understanding it. I'll let you marinate on that for 24 hours. I'll see you soon. It's called a Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. On joinatradio.com. You've been listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on joinetradio.com.